Welcome back, y'all. This is episode 31 of Bitches Love Brunch. I am your co-host, Courtney. And this is Kiana. And we're excited to be back. Dang it, I normally do really well with this, but the recap, what did we talk about (laughs) on episode 30? What did we talk about? Me asking you that is me trying to buy some time. (laughs) But I love that. We turned 30 last week. Oh, you know, we talked about um, our margin for forgiveness. We sure did. Yeah, that got interesting. Did you hear anything back? I don't. You know, this this past week has been a little bit of a whirlwind for me. Oh, that's right. Um, so you over here I acting did, like the Obamas. You just moving around everywhere. <laughs> I track her. No, um, but if I did, it's probably a text that I did not respond to. So whoever it is, my bad. Um, but I thought, like, you know what? We talked about it afterwards. Yeah, we did. Bit. Um, and we were setting boundaries in advance for our margins for error. For other people. Like we had to put that into like. Real life perspectives and situations. What a couple days after. We recorded. Yeah. Have you ever had an episode. Where you said things. And you were just like. I kind of want to go back and say something else. Oh yes. Absolutely. I think that absolutely. was one of my episodes. That I was just like. I wish I could have said this. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, is there something you want to say? We got time. I forgot this is ours. (laughs) Let's throw it back one time. No, I just, I felt like, because I think I, and and it could have been like a little bit of a growth spurt in between there and in a few days, having some time to reflect on what I was saying. But some of the things I said, it it almost sounded as though I don't expect people to have errors. And I, um, or that people won't make mistakes, and that's like a lifelong thing. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it's yeah. that's a lifelong practice of forgiving because people will keep dropping the ball because we all will because we're all human. It's like you have unlimited errors. Like there is no amount to the times you're gonna mess up. You mess up every day. Yeah, quite a few times a day. Um, so I just wanted that to be like there's there's no bar for exceptionalism or perfection. Like that's not what you right. reach. You just want to be you want to continue to be better. And right, the like the goal isn't perfection but respect. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. And so it's not like and it was and it's also I think for us those conversations are are about like knowing our limits. We're not like I said we're not expecting perfection but we have to set boundaries for ourselves because otherwise we could sit there and get too comfortable. Yeah. And let things continue to happen. Um, and because we make errors ourselves, we are born sinners. Right. Like, we make errors ourselves. So, and I think that was even the conversation about what we were saying for giving ourselves some grace. Yeah. Because we recognize that in other people. And hopefully, as we give ourselves grace, we can give others grace but that they don't take it for granted. Right. And that they mean it. So, right. But we'll and go through, we'll, you know, we'll explore that later. Ooh. I see where you're going. Uh-huh. Where you're going. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Tying those <laughs> knots together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I know this is 
random and kind of going to episode 30 as well but because I'm having a moment I know I shouted her out as one of my tips on episode 30 Savage Glow let me just say that I will never skip my skincare routine again I have been away from home for about a week and a half maybe almost two weeks and have not been doing the same regimen and when I tell you I miss all my products my face feels completely different um, I will not, will not be doing that again. So shout out to Savage Glow yet again because I was like... Did you no, intentionally no, no. leave those behind? No. So here's the thing. I did take them with me. I just wasn't as deliberate about it while mm. I was on vacation. Okay. So this is a you problem. Yeah, this was a me problem. <laughs> definitely, definitely a me problem. Nobody else to blame here. But I was just like, you know... I saw the air in my ways. A lot changed in that week and a half. Like, I think I, I don't know if I mentioned this on the podcast. If I did, I apologize. But I've been drinking half my body weight in ounces every day. That changed on vacation. So my skin has changed on top of not doing my daily facial routine. Mm. We all sorts out of whack. But I know that Savage Glow is going to get me right back in together. It's like you don't know what you miss until it's gone. So there's that. What's new with you this week? New? (laughs) Girl, I don't know about new. Refreshed, maybe, but nothing new. Ooh, refresh is always good, Yeah, refresh is always great. I don't have anything new happening um, or anything new that has happened. I've just been chilling. I've been having fun in the meantime, in between time, and chilling. Oh, did I tell you? I took a cooking class here. I think you told me you were going to. Yes, it was the cutest thing ever. Okay. And granted, what did you make? Oh, I got the menu. Hold a second. Now some of the <laughs> stuff I don't think I can pronounce, so I'm not gonna try it because I don't need y'all judgment, and I'm having a good day, so you can keep it. Um, <laughs> well, text it to me, girl. <laughs> we made some type of pork. Um, <laughs> and. I'm weird about pork. I don't really eat a lot of pork. The only pork I really eat is like bacon and sausage. And if it's like like a pork a pork tenderloin, pork chops, I maybe have pork chops maybe like once or once every year. You know, I just don't eat a lot of pork. Mm-hmm. So I didn't eat the pork, but I heard it was bomb. We made a cranberry glaze, crispy Asian Brussels sprouts, sweet potato mm-hmm. rounds with goat cheese, pecans and honey. A butternut yes. squash and bacon devil eggs. Girl, them devil eggs was the truth and nothing but wait the minute, truth. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Believe so it. The, so the filling was the squash? It was butternut squash mixed with the, the same, like, egg base, egg yolk base. Okay. You know what? Okay, okay. It was not I bad. Try it. Listen, I, I was try I was worried. Because, you know, none of that stuff sound like things that I eat. Because yeah, I'm such a picky like, eater. In my mind, but if it were in a restaurant, okay, I would try a double egg like that. All I'm saying is, though, don't bring them double eggs to Thanksgiving. You wouldn't even know. <laughs> you wouldn't even know the difference. It doesn't look any different. Um, the taste is just richer. Okay. Yeah, it's just richer because it's not like it makes it like sour or odd or anything like that. It's it's really good. I just don't like when people try to, you know, you know, like your staples, especially at Thanksgiving. That's not the time where I normally want to try something. Right different to my staple recipes 
but don't try it. Don't make my food trendy on the holidays. Right. Make it traditional. (laughs) That's the whole purpose of the holiday. Mm -hmm. But no, Mm -hmm. that was it. Was the bomb? It was so good. It was so much fun. Cool. Did you do anything for Halloween? Regrettably, no. You know, I don't really like Halloween because of going to Ohio University. Um, Gotcha. I was just never impressed by by Halloween because of that. It was just a lot of. It was overwhelming. And this year was the first year I actually really wanted to dress up. Mm. So, no. Maybe next year. Gotcha. I thought about that after we recorded. And I was like, oh, that was around Halloween. Yeah. I didn't do anything. I went to work. I ate some candy. Okay. And I was like, did you do anything? Did you dress up? Girl, no. I was out with my godson. Uh, trick-or-treating. Yes. Which was nice that I actually got to be in Houston and trick-or-treat with him for his first... This was his first year trick-or-treating. He's four. Aww. Um, so him and his cousin went. And, of course, the adults uh, smashed on some of that candy. Always. I was like, baby, why you up there? Grab me a Twix. Right. Give me the good candy, <laughs> boy. Mm-hmm. So, but no. No, I was out there in my blazer. <laughs> my boyfriend cut blazer. Shut up. <laughs> I just... Finished off a, a long week of my conference. I guess I shouldn't say long week because it was only Monday through Wednesday. But whatever the case, I went from work to trick-or-treating. So, no. Okay. Well, next year will be better because that's like a big go-out celebratory night for some odd reason as adults. It is. But you know what? I think for the same reason because of OU, I don't get into it much like those those are not the nights that I want to go out right you remember that one year we were like oh yeah and I think you came up from Athens oh yeah when I went to that Halloween party in Columbus with you and we got there and we were like this ain't for us yo I was in a whole different place because that whole time I was looking for my ex in a party in Columbus (laughs) mind you I didn't know if he would be at this party or not I was just like Courtney what happened if he here and I'm just like looking around like he gonna pop up any second girl what's wrong with you and I think by the end of the night well not by the end of the night by the end of our night because we went home early I think you just got to a point where it was like he ain't here so I don't need to be here (laughs) so let's fucking go girl I shouldn't have been nowhere he was at let me be quiet um but boy, have the tables turned. Something about yeah. them tables. Something about them tables. They always turn. Now, listen, if you see me at a party and we used to go together, we didn't. Oh <laughs> Keep it pushing. Leave me alone. Oh, my God. I don't know that you, sir. Funny. Leave me be. I have started everything. I'm a new woman every day. Leave me alone. She's so serious. I'm dead serious. Dead serious. So yeah. All right. Before we go too far down that hole, um, you want to pass the mimosa? Yep. (laughs) What you drinking? I feel like I already know. I got a little flavor water. (laughs) (laughs) Y'all, after I went to homecoming here in Tennessee. I'm going to take a break. Not that I've been drinking a lot anyway, but it was just a lot. I just need a break from all alcohol. Okay. That includes wine. Oh, really? And beer. Yes. I just need to cleanse my body. All 
right. So, yeah, I hope you drink. Are you drinking? Please be drinking. I'm not. Girl, I'm not. we a disappointment. We're going to keep this segment or not? <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are going to keep this segment. Because one day um, we're going to drink again. Yes, absolutely. All right. Absol- I think... Wait, what? I don't think I drank on the last episode, but I'm not sure why, because I definitely had wine in the house. I don't anymore. <laughs> but mm-hmm. um, So that's part of it, and I also drank... I actually really did not go that hard, but I, I actually went out in Houston. That was a good time. Oh, yes. Um, and we found, like... They pour heavy. I'm convinced they pour heavy everywhere in Houston. <laughs> so it's not like, you know, like normally it's like, oh, if you find that little hole in the wall bar and they pour heavy. And right. In some places they just pour real cute. No. Um, the first place we went to, I ordered a crown and Sprite and I got crowned. So that was fine. Okay. The next place we went to, my best friend ordered for me and she thought it would be a good idea to get me a double of crown. Mm-hmm. And then we got invited into a section where the bottles were already there. Ow. So, I think my body deserves this break. <laughs> but in a couple weeks, I'll try again. Pass the mimosa will be better. Oh, did you meet anybody? <laughs> That's just yes or no. <laughs> I don't know why I thought that was so funny. I laughed for a couple of reasons. I attempted to. So I went down there with every intention. I was like, ooh, I'm going to turn my data apps down on down here in Houston and see what's popping. Um, it wasn't popping all like that. In Houston? Like on the dating apps. Okay. And my best friend had to tell me, she was like, they will like respond super early in the morning and then you won't hear from them from them for a while because they like, stuck oh, in traffic exactly for hours on end you are absolutely right that's exactly what i said um but in terms of like the options of beautiful black men down there while we were out oh they they were a few of plenty like, uh, yeah yeah they were they were there um we tried to like the guys, because there were a couple guys that they were celebrating um, a big deal or something like that, and those were the gentlemen that invited us into their section. Um, and one of them was just really dry, so it was hard to like gauge. We were actually trying to hook them up with my best friend, and he was just super reserved. So you know, you only got a couple hours in the club before. <laughs> yeah, you scurry on. So that wasn't too successful. But there are, I mean, the security men there were beautiful i was like this is where i need to be see i love going to cities like new orleans for instance every like mm-hmm. when i'm in new orleans i see somebody i'll be like listen i can't live without them who are you mm-hmm. <laughs> like mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. that kind of fine mm-hmm. um but okay <laughs> i could definitely see myself going back down there and like hollering at a couple men like that is that is something that i'm not new to doing, you know, I'm just approaching them myself. Yeah, so I'll be back. I okay. saw y'all and I'm coming back. Ow. <laughs> Take me with you. I'll be there. <laughs> How did we get to that? Oh, we were passing the mimosa. All right. Well, let's share the good news, Kiana. Okay. Here we go. 
pulling it up in two seconds. <laughs> it's coming. All it's right, here's the quote. <laughs> Here we are. If you think you aren't valid for whatever reason, let my existence in the way that the world embraces my existence tell you that you are valid. You deserve to look, live, and walk through the world however you see fit. That's why I find it extremely important to be so out, so black, and so myself by Lena Waithe. I love Lena Waithe. I love Lena. I stand for Lena, too. She's like my friend in my head. She's one of those people. I miss the dress, but the cut is so crazy on her. I love it. I know. Um, And I think she just went blonde. Did she? I'm pretty sure. I thought I saw that. I need to go look. I love Lena. She's so cute. Her and her girlfriend are so cute together, too. I love her. And she's like a genius. Let's not forget the fact that she's just bottom line genius. Um, Do you watch the show? I don't. Oh, girl. Y'all gotta girl. stop asking about these cable shows, okay? Girl, the shy is everything. Is it really? It's really good. Um, I personally enjoy it a lot. More than I thought that I would. I am interested. I won't say that I'm excited, but I'm interested to see how um, this whole... Boomerang series is going to play out on BET mm. that she is a part of. I don't think I knew much about that. Yeah, so her and... I think I saw I the announcement for it, but nothing else after that. Yeah, she's working with Halle Berry. Um, and I saw that they were in production. I believe they were filming and whatnot. <clears throat> I'm just a little... I'm Yeah, I'm curious to see how this is going to play out. I, I always get a little apprehensive about remakes especially boomerang boomerang is such a classic and it's so stuck in the era that it was in i just don't know how you make that 2018 right so we will see by the way i just sent you lena wake's picture with her blonde hair strong jay sachet strong jay (laughs) sachet (laughs) yeah so that's our quote you ready to jump into this Yes. Take oh. this one in. All right. Ooh, let me get that screenshot up. So, a friend of mine um, made a post that Courtney and I are going to discuss, and I'm going to read the post to you all, and we're just going to dive right into this. So, it says, if your husband or boyfriend is homophobic, you are not an ally. And my friend added subtitles, husband. Studsman, femtop, homo thug, wife, girlfriend, partner, etc. Whoever, but you get the point. Let's talk about, I think, you know, right now I'm going to make a risky statement. This is, I might get some backlash from this and I, um, I might have to be educated on this, but I really do find this to be right now, which is ally. Mm, okay. Um, Yeah. So, when I sent that post to you, did you agree with him? Did you disagree with him? Like, you, the person that you're with, if you're with somebody who is homophobic, you that that disqualifies you from being an ally. Do you agree or disagree? You know, I honestly did not look at it from that point. My initial 
my initial thought was that, like, yes, I could agree with that, but I think it's more complex than that. Um, because then I also took it, <laughs> like, I also took it into terms of, like, if your husband is a racist, <laughs> like, I don't know that, that that means, so, say I had a white friend, a white female friend, and her husband was a racist, it would be very hard for me to believe that she was not also one, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is possible. <clears throat> but in terms of being an ally, I think it's tough. I think it's more complex than yes or no to answer your question. And I say that because I am, who I am attached to is not necessarily who I am, but then there is this whole concept of birds of a feather fly together. So I do feel like in that case, though I may not, I may consider myself an ally and my husband may be homophobic, like there's greater chance for his beliefs to rub off on me. Does that make sense? Yes. So I just think it's a sticky playground. Like I, I just think it's a sticky playground because it's, it's probably not most ideal. So I don't know if I would agree or disagree, but my initial thought was to agree. Okay. Because how, how can you support the cause? How can you support the cause? All right. I'm, I'm going to stop there because there are so many thoughts going through my head, but I want you to, um, I want you to go next. Because I think it go, also then it's a testament about your marriage and less about the ally situation too. So you, you go ahead. Okay. Um. I, I I agree with you. I think that there it's. I think that there. I think there are gray areas in life. Uh, I think this so happens to be one of them. But I think that this gray area can strictly can turn into a a hard line very easily. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's that's the difference between us. I think that some gray areas you have like a little more margin and room for it to be gray. I feel like here mm-hmm. this line is very very slim and gray and then it turns really solid. Um because I do I do think it's some, I do think it says something for you to say that you're an ally. I have an issue with that first off. Um to say that you're an ally, and then I'll, I'll revisit re- revisit that, and then to be in partnership or relationship with somebody who deals with these struggles of um, being homophobic, xenophobic, whatever, any phobic, mm-hmm. any phobia that they have. Um, I think it, it can speak to your character, but I also think the same way you said that this person can rub off on you. Who's to say that you can't rub off on them? Um, I think you have to be willing to have the conversation with the people who have phobias and, you know, to um, give them a perspective of where you're coming from or the group that experiences these um, disenfranchisements and let them know and advocate for them in terms of what they're experiencing. But I think the question comes to... Because what kind of relationship do you want? I don't think I would elect to have a romantic relationship with somebody who has phobias, but I think I have been in a relationship with people who have had them. And um, I think that speaks to where I was at a point in my life and my journey. But I also think that some stuff 
is given to you over time. So do you break up with your boyfriend because you found out two years later he has some type of homophobia um, issues? Or I just don't think I would elect self-select to be in a relationship with them because just like you can have a homophobic mom, you can't not love your mom. You know what I'm saying? Or a brother, like, granted, you don't respect where they're coming from. You don't respect their opinion, but you still have to coexist in a relationship with this person, even though you haven't chosen to be in a relationship with that person. I just think, I just think it's hard to label, because then what does that make you? Because you're an association, like, you're, you, somebody gave birth to you that was homophobic. So then what are you? You know what I'm saying? I just, that's, <laughs> it gets tricky. I just think that you can't, you can't label somebody off the actions of somebody else. I I agree with that statement. I do feel like when it, <clears throat> excuse me, <clears throat> my goodness, when it comes to your family, um, it's a little different because I feel like we see that more often, um, where you may not be in alignment with your family's belief, but that's still going to be your family because you don't have a choice around that. If I don't align with my significant other and their beliefs, that's different because I'm making a choice. And that's actually something that I was thinking because when you were saying, like, you know, you may have dated people that um, were homophobic, like, you know that prior to marriage. You've determined phobias prior to marriage. So I feel like at the point of marriage, there is little to no gray line about that once you get to that point because you're willingly saying that I recognize that this person, because that's... Like, during the dating phase and the relationship phase, that's when the rubbing off should happen. That's when that should take place, one way or the other. You know what I mean? As you're dating, you know, you exposing them and making them more aware. If you call, in fact, call yourself an ally, and like you said, we can get into that in a moment, because what does that also really mean, and what does that look like? Um, That's part of some of the work that you're doing, is exposing them and creating awareness for them. But if they are still that homophobic person, like hardcore homophobic person at the point of marriage, you're making a conscious choice then to attach attach yourself to someone who you're not like-minded with. And so I do feel like at that point it does come back to you. Just like you, you carry, for yourself, you carry some of that. And you can, I mean, I have a friend, him and his wife, have a completely different stance. I think we talked about this. Have a completely different stance about um, pro-choice and abortion from each other. Yeah, but, but that you know doesn't how that nec- works. right. That doesn't necessarily you know mean that she loves him any less or vice versa. Um, they're just two completely different perspectives. But for also, but in in that case. For very, they both have their like legitimate reasonings for it. But when it comes to like phobias, I feel like that's a little different when if you are going to bash somebody or disrespect someone because of your beliefs. So, like, how extreme is this phobia going? Because, can you, and like you said, for me personally, I cannot, I cannot date or marry someone that is homophobic. That's not how I roll. And because then it crosses the line of wondering if you are going to respect the people that are in my life. I think um, I agree with I agree with what you said in terms of you getting married to somebody and how sometimes 
those choices can can reflect you cuz if you if you know about them um but i don't think that you know everything about your bride or groom upon marriage oh absolutely not i think that there are people who I think there are people who want to be allies. I think there are people who claim to be allies and then later on find themselves um because I think this is the most dangerous piece. You find you find these same people pushing the microaggressions or pushing people in positions to be um to be discriminated against or an opportunity for them for their character to be tested in ways that you know that the public can be seen as you know not flattering you know what i'm saying just any any ways that can compromise their character so i think that that stuff can happen over time and you can marry somebody without knowing that they that they will act like this eventually you know what i'm saying because i think that in order to be an ally, I think you there's no perfect ally. There's no there's not a person who knows any and everything about somebody else's situation. You still always have to have room for growth and to learn more and to absorb more. But I think in that space when you don't know, I think it's just important to shut up <laughs> and listen. But I don't think that silence is something that we talk about a lot and taking a backseat and being like, well, if you don't know, that's probably an opportunity for you to be quiet and listen. Right. Um, And I I can only speak for myself in that. And so when I say, when I talk about like what you should know prior to marriage, that's a big part for me. Being an ally, that's a big part for me. So that is something that I'm going to take the time to intentionally find out throughout the dating process. That's not the case for everybody. So I wouldn't put those expectations on everybody. You know what I mean? You're right. But in some, just like, you're absolutely right that you're not going to know everything about your spouse prior and pe- to... And people lie. Right, and people lie. So you're not going to know everything, but the things that are important for you, you should take the time take, look, should take the time to find those things out, and that would be one of the things on my list. Um, and, and not necessarily to say, oh, you're homophobic, then we can no longer date. That's not... That wouldn't necessarily be the immediate response. You know what I mean? That would be... I, I would like to know where you stand on this. This may change my perspective, but that not, might not necessarily mean that that's the end-all, be-all. Let's have those conversations. Let's bring that awareness. Let me hear your perspective about it as you hear mine. That's what I would like to see happen for myself. So it's not like, it's not one of those checklist things where it's just like, oh, homophobic? No, nope. <laughs> not a Christian. No, You know what I mean? It's not one of those things. Because some things you can work through you can grow through um but i would want us me personally as for me and my house i would want us to grow through that before we get to the altar yeah i mean i would i want to challenge my way of thinking about that a little bit just because i think that i would agree that right now i would be like okay well you know let's let's grow through this let's see how we can broaden your perspective a little bit However, when it comes to issues that deal with me and how they affect my life, I don't have time to prove to you how you can work through this and grow this. And I think that's one of the privileges that I have as a straight woman to be like, okay, well, let's see how you can grow through this. But if it affects me, then it's a no, no deal. Like it's just, it just, 
Like, I don't have room for that in my life when it's directly affecting women, when it's directly affecting black women, when it's directly affect. you know what I'm saying? Things that Absolutely. have something to do with me personally. But I think if I'm going to be a really a real ally and stand up for people or stand in a gap for people, and even though I may not be gay or a lesbian or bi or any of these things, I should feel just as strongly about them as I do about being a black woman and anything Absolutely. that may bring me offense. So I think that that's somewhere that I think that I should I should grow in because it still should be non-negotiable. That's still a person. Yeah. That's that's a reflection of you as a person treating another person, you know, or persecuting another person because of their choices. Like, there's no alarm that goes off when you walk in the room because you've been lying all day or because you've been, you know what I'm saying, or because you got hate in your heart or things like that. And so I just don't think it's fair for me to be like, I can have these conversations, give you room to grow about these issues and not these other ones. If I'm going to be an ally, I think I need to stand just a little bit firmer in that. Stand firmer in it, but also be, and that's why I said it's not necessarily in in the time of dating is not necessarily a deal breaker immediately, because to me then it goes back to that margin of error or like how much you're willing to put up with. You know what I'm saying? Because we can have the conversations, but I'm also going to stand my ground in what I believe in and what I firmly believe in. And if you can't get on board with that, at that point, it's less about it's less about the relationship itself, but, well, not necessarily less about the relationship, but the combat- compatibility of two people. If that's something that we're always going to go back and forth on, we kind of talked about this on the last episode, like you were saying, like, if these are things, like, if you disrespect things about my plight, <laughs> I, I don't have to stick around for that, and I won't. Will I possibly educate you along the way? Does that mean that you're a horrible person? Not necessarily. Um, that you close to that, it, though. Right, you close to it. But that just means I do not want to associate with you in a romantic way anymore. Just much, much like I would make that same choice with friends. Like I was going to say, so let's talk about friendships and people who may be dealing with phobias and you keep them around in your life. I don't know if I have those. I mean, I probably... Mm. You know what? I won't speak from a personal standpoint. But I think it goes back <laughs> to that. And I only say that because I was really trying to go down the list of my friends that have, like... Like, I have, I have some really awesome friends. And there are, like, even a couple of straight men that have come to mind. And I think about um, our friends who are... Um, in the LGBTQ community, where it's just like the love has not been lost, the respect has still been there, um, the friendship is still, and it's genuine. And like people ask questions, genuinely ask questions and have conversations and dialogue about it. So that's why I was like, let me think about that for a minute because I don't have a couple of people that are coming to the top of mind where I've had to be like, okay, this is what we're not doing, type of thing. Um, Mm, somebody just came to mind. <laughs> I it's, it is a tough boundary. It is definitely a tough boundary, and it. I will be honest and say it depends on the person, for me, and I shouldn't necessarily do it by time frame and necessarily knowing them. But sometimes, let's just say hypothetically speaking, just to kind of make it easy, 
sometimes it's those friends where it's like you're just getting to know and it's like okay you have to educate or you know you have to bring a, I won't necessarily bring along but you both have to be open to different perspectives but at this point in our lives we choose who we want to be around we were having that conversation what was the topic I, I think it was an offline conversation and we were like mm-hmm. <laughs> so you know what I'm talking about yeah um we're just like I don't know if I want to be associated with this person anymore. And those are tough decisions to make, right? Like, you love them, but you know what? You love, you love the person that you once knew. Because as you're peeling back those layers, you sometimes find out that they are different people especially in light of some of the things that have been coming out lately in whatever topic. So it's just like, ooh, you're not the person that I thought you were. And I don't know if I want to be associated with you any longer. And you don't have to be. Yeah, you know, we did talk about that. And I think that... um not to cut you off, but you don't have to be in the same way that you once were. Doesn't you, necessarily mean like good riddance, but you don't, you don't, and you have to give yourself time and space to mourn those relationships too. Yes. Like that, those are, despite the fact that they may do something that you don't agree with now or that you don't want to have association <laughs> with now, that's still a person who are who was a part of your life. Exactly. And if they meant anything to you, you still have to go through that process. And that, and it's okay to go through that process. Because everybody can't go where you're going. And you would be remiss to think that the same people you started with would be the same people you ended with. That's a little naive. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's not life. That's a movie. It's not life. That's This is not girlfriends. <laughs> right. They don't just come back around and everything is perfect. Hug it out. That's not how it works. And I think I think you bring up a really good point. Like you have to mourn, you have to mourn that relationship or the how that relationship once was. So it's because it's like a realization of, especially when it are, it's those friends that you consider family, yeah, and that you think like I can do just about anything with. So like I can build with you, um, we can party together. We can talk religion together. Um, we can talk business together, careers together, whatever, whatever. Um, but then you find out we can't do politics, though. <laughs> right. This this isn't for us. And so though I think that's the hardest when it's those friends that are family where it's just like, dag. And I think sometimes we let that time frame be blinders for us. All the time. Oh, I've been rocking with you for 10 years, though. We've been rocking for 16 years. Like, this is, like, this is my girl. Like, I should just let this slide because I've known you for so long. And you can't put a time frame on respect. (laughs) No, no, you can't. You can't put a time frame on respect, your morals, your beliefs, what you stand for. And if it doesn't align, it just doesn't align. And you might have to turn into that. They might have to turn into that friend. We can go out to happy hour together. But don't call me when it's time for this march. <laughs> Listen, don't. It's a stretch to go to happy hour. <laughs> you have to. I think that um, 
not even just drinking, but I think it's so much. I think it's a lot of things that we just take the value off yeah. of, like. Breaking bread with people. Ooh, you took the words right out of my mouth. Yeah, it's so symbolic of family, of unity. It's of creating an experience with each other. To have food, and I know we kind of take food for granted, but like to have the cultural food around, the atmosphere, the conversation, mm-hmm. the memories. The to break the to break bread with somebody is extremely important. <laughs> and 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 take it a step further. If we breaking bread in in my home. Right. Because that means you about to do some dishes afterwards. We real close. Right. So, um, getting drinks, I don't know if we can do that. No, I feel you. And I don't know if I call you friend. I think friend is, and friend has a lot of weight to it, too. Like, to say somebody is a friend, I don't know. Oh, no. I don't know. I don't take that term loosely at all. I don't know. I'm good for, oh, this is my homegirl. Yeah. This, this is, is someone cool. I work with. That makes, that, and I used to always wonder, like, why does she use the term, like, homegirl, homeboy? It's not the 90s, but I'm like, that makes perfect sense. Like, I don't really know you like that. Right. Like, we cool. But I wouldn't necessarily call you my friend. And that's not necessarily because I don't like you. Right. I just don't know you well enough yet to put you in that category. Because my friends are, are like, into family for me. Yeah. And so I just don't say that. I don't say that loosely. And I, I never have. That's what happens when you have older siblings. My sister used to be like, that ain't your, not friend. your friends. Or you're going to have very few friends. And that's okay. Like your, your real ones. You know what I mean? The ones that come around. The ones that your mama asks about. <laughs> the ones that your mama will say, oh, when they coming over. Right. Because my mama don't ask about everybody. <laughs> Like, for instance, Thanksgiving, we are traveling this year for Thanksgiving to go to my best friend's family's Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. That's a friend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> my whole family right. is traveling to be with that family. That's a friend. Right. Um, but as specifically, at least my friend group, a lot of the women in my friend group are just a lot more open um, and deal, mm-hmm. I think, less publicly with phobias they may do it in the privacy of their own homes but um they're a lot more open and a lot more accepting and receptive i think there is something to be said about and 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 everybody knows it's not a secret like but black masculinity is so fragile that these topics are just so taboo to mm-hmm. so many, to so many. And I'm not excusing them. I don't I don't think that that gives them an excuse to sit in this place. I just think that there's a large population of black men who aren't comfortable dealing with other things that that what they think might challenge their masculinity, which I think is crazy like to have to have a whole identity rooted in strength and ego and all of these things. You mean to tell me something one instance can really jeopardize how you view yourself as a whole entire man but that's how they were raised it is straight, how they were raised straight, straight or not for generations that's why there's there's such an issue with toxic masculinity but there's also such an issue with those in the lgbtq plus community because you still have people struggling with coming out in 2018 you still have and i know gays who don't like other gays yes <laughs> You know yes. what I'm saying? Like, there's still a struggle with that, too. I think that 
to do this topic justice, I think we need somebody to come and speak from that community. I agree. I agree. Cause, and that's and, and to me, that's part of being an ally because you have to know your lane. I know that I call myself an ally. I hope and pray that my friends and loved ones um, in whatever community, it doesn't have to be LGBTQ, but like it could be um, it could be of Muslim faith. You know what I mean? Across the board, ally. I hope those friends feel that. If they don't, I'm about to go back and like now I'm, I'm like kind of having a checking point for myself. Was like, well, why should I even have to question if they do? You right. know what I mean? Um, shit, I just kind of lost my train of thought. What were we saying? Crap. Oh. <laughs> Now you know I'm the wrong one. Yeah, I know. Well, the um, whole point I, I think. Oh, that we we're going to have somebody come in and talk. Thank you. Yeah. But yes, I feel like being a part of being an ally is knowing your lane and knowing your bandwidth to speak on something. Um, and I feel like I agree with you. You know, there's no better way to discuss this topic than to have someone. Um, experiences this experiences this directly i think um but while you say that speaking of how you are as an ally i think that's a good segue i just want to know as somebody who belongs to multiple disenfranchised groups um, (laughs) what's an ally to you and make and what makes somebody an ally or did you just answer that I think I kind of have throughout the episode thus far, but um, like you said, standing in the gap, advocacy is a very big thing for me. It's a very big thing. And I liken being an ally to being a friend. Like, I want to know and be confident that how you are in my face is how you are behind closed doors. Amen. So, I would not call you a friend if I question the conversations that you're having about me behind closed doors. And I would, I would, it would be the same for an ally. If you can't, if you can't stand up for me, stand in the gap for me when I am not looking, when I am not there, check your name off the list. So, yeah, I would say that's a big part about, a part of being an ally for me. Like I said, also advocacy, and that goes both ways. Like, I pride myself in advocacy. I pride myself in being able to stand in the gap for others um, and just using my voice at the most opportune times and whatever that looks like, you know, just being at the table. And that looks different for everybody. You know what I mean? It doesn't – advocacy, yes, could be on social media. Advocacy could also be in the boardroom. Right. Um, I'm so sorry. How would you just kicking my butt? Also, like I said, being vocal, more importantly, being actionable. And when I say these, I mean both ways. So being an advocate, I mean, being an ally for myself and how I would want uh, others to be an ally for me. And so a lot of that, when I think about that, about being an ally or wanting somebody to be an ally for me, I always try to check myself and make sure that I'm doing those things. Um, and then simply just keeping an open mind to different perspectives and wanting to have of a sense of understanding of someone else's plight um, and creating an awareness and educating yourself 
so that you can be a better ally and supporter to to those around you. Okay. I like those. <clears throat> what about you? Um well, it's been tricky for me. <clears throat> I think that um I don't think that at least for me, this is my own experience. I can only speak for myself. I don't think mm-hmm. I can coin myself or give myself the label of an ally. I think that has to be given to you by a group that feels like you are an ally for them. Mm. I think mm-hmm. that's something that you earn. I don't think that's something that you're given. I don't think it's something you can just come out and say. Um, just because as a woman and as a black woman, I've seen many people come out and say that they're allies. They have not been allies. I, I get to decide whether you've been an ally to me or not. You're not an ally of mine. Mm. Um because I think it depends on how it makes that group feel. It's less about you. It's more about them. And I think it depends on if they feel like they can trust you with their plight, if they can trust you with, you know, advocating for their rights and their freedoms. I think that that's it's a sacred thing that happens in that gap when you do decide mm-hmm. to advocate for other people. And I think they deserve the right to decide who does it properly and who doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um how I look at it in my day-to-day role, um, I always try to advocate for people that, especially people who don't have voices, kids. <laughs> I have such a tender spot. I mean, everybody knows I work in education, but like kids, it's hard for kids to advocate for themselves. Um, people who are lesser represented in places, LGBTQ community members, people with handicaps, disabilities, um, there's just so many opportunities to shed light on people who aren't at the table with you. Cause you mm-hmm. can look around and know who's missing if you care, yeah. if you care enough to. And I think it's important. So, um, at least that's how I try to speak up. But I, I just think that in this, in this world, in this society right now, it's so easy for people like a Bette Miller to make comments and say like, hey, I've always been an ally. You saying that you are not. Right. You are not. You don't get to decide that. Just like you don't get to decide whether you're a racist or not, the person who you're who you're inflicting pain upon gets to decide if you're a racist or not. You don't get to tell somebody whether you're a racist or not. It doesn't work that way. Um, so I don't care about people telling me that they're allies. <laughs> I care about whether I consider you one or not in in my struggle. And to your sorry, go ahead. No, that's about all I have. I was just gonna say to your point, um it's like it's also about being an effective ally because you can be an advocate and you could consider yourself an ally, but are you really being effective? And this came to mind for me because um, this is one of the reasons that, or advocacy is one of the reasons that I got into HR um, because I wanted to advocate for employees the way I had been advocating for our clients um, at the nonprofit that I worked out, whether it worked at, whether it be uh, children or adult students trying to pursue their GED, whatever the case may be. I was like, there's a gap for me to feel here where I can be an advocate. But I was having a conversation with um, an employee maybe about six months to a year ago because um, we're going through a lot of changes at my job. And 
she was just like, you know, she was doing some vents and she came into my office and she was just like, you know what we need, Courtney, is an advocate. And I was like, <laughs> I looked around the room, I was like, what you mean? That's what I'm here to do. This is what I pride myself on. You know what I mean? So to your point, like I can complete, I can completely agree where it's like you can't just necessarily be out here calling yourself any old thing. And I really had to check myself in the moment. And it wasn't that I wasn't an advocate, but I was being an advocate in my terms. Right. I, it was not effective. And when I say my terms, where it was just like, I'm always vocal. I'm always keeping an open mind. I'm always standing up and interjecting for those, like you said, that do not have a voice. But things still weren't changing. And so I had to think about and change my perspective on my own advocacy where I was like, okay, you're doing something, but you're not doing enough. And it's not quite what they need. Like, mm, let me correct that. I was doing what they needed, but it wasn't getting the result that they wanted, if that Mm. makes sense. Um, And so I was just like, okay, it's time to switch it up. If I want to be effective about this, it's time to switch it up. And I still, even in that moment, I still would have considered myself an advocate. Um, but I just had to recognize that I needed to, I needed to, needed to take it to the next level and rethink my approach so that I was being more effective. Yeah, absolutely. Because you don't want to get into. I hate, I hate when people do that. It's kind of like leadership from the top down. Mm-hmm. Um. It's like you assume that you know what's best for people and you go mm-hmm. about that with the knowledge that you have thinking that this is the best way to serve you, which you think it will in turn serve other people. But that's not how that works. Mm-hmm. In some ways you will be um, uncomfortable. In some ways you will be um taken out of route. In some ways it'll be a little harder than what it would normally be for you. That's the point. Mm-hmm. To put yourself in somebody else's shoes whose life is a little harder <laughs> than yours. And so it's supposed to be a little difficult for you, not for you to take the easy way out to think that you're going to give them these solutions that you come up in your mind that you think is better than what they already have. Yeah. Um, I think about that when I think about gentrification and how people mm. go into neighborhoods especially urban neighborhoods and assume that they're making it better for them. Who's to say that what they have isn't already good. They, want it. Yeah. they have a community. They have fellowship with people. They have generations upon generations who grew up here. They have trustworthy neighbors and babysitters set in place. Like, who needs to pay thousands of dollars for daycare? They got the woman down the street. Like, what you talking about? Mm-hmm. Um, oh, we can build new restaurants and things. They have their normal clientele at their mom and pop shops. Like who told you that you were making something better for them? You might be making their lives a little bit more difficult. So that's why it's important that if you want to lead people and help people, you have to go to, you have to get in the fields with them. I hate when people like, you got to go to the bottom. Like it's not the bottom. You just got to go in the fields with them. You got to get, you got to be on the front line. You do. You have have to understand where they're coming from because if you don't, you'll always be prescribing something that you assume is better for somebody else not knowing what their truth is and that's a very arrogant way to go into a situation and tell somebody you're going to make their lives better when they don't feel like they need improving (laughs) Mm -hmm. like how i don't know how any more arrogant you can you can be 
walking into a situation like that. Yeah. And that's and that's to your point. That's that's what you're saying about correct me if I'm wrong, but what you're saying about like sometimes being an ally, you're going to have to advocate for things that you disagree with or that make you uncomfortable. But it is because of that awareness by being on the front line where it's just like this is not necessarily how I would approach it, but this is what this group of people is telling me that they need. Right. And once and once those decisions are made, you need to walk out of that room in agreement. Like, this might not have been my idea. <laughs> this might not have been the way that I would have gone about it. But this is the consensus that we came to. And this is how we need to move forward. Exactly. And, you- and if you can walk away from that, then no, again, you're not an ally for me. <laughs> right. I would I would not classify you as an ally. Yeah, I, I mean, I've met plenty of people too. It's just like, yeah, I'm an ally for this and ally for that. And I was like, no, no, you're not. <laughs> no, you're not. You don't get to decide that. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Okay. Good topic here. <laughs> Pats on the back. What's up? <laughs> I'm done. I was not expecting you to say that. I thought you know a little. Thank you, girl. Oh, thanks, girl. <laughs> no, honey, both. Pat yourself on the back. Do that. All right. Well, I think that wrap us up. Wrap us up. Wrap us up. Wow. There we go. Wow. It's time for bed for me. Girl, it's All 6:30. Right. <laughs> I know what time it is. <laughs> <laughs> know exactly what time it is um that wraps up this topic for this episode (laughs) um let's move into front spots tips tips front spots tips got it who's your tip for this week um i have two tips this week one i want to shout out to everybody who dressed up for halloween I don't know what it was about the costumes this year, but they were so on point. Um, so I want to give a tip to at least my favorite costumes this year. Of course, okay. did you see? Did you see Beyonce? She's gonna be on the list. And it's and it's yes, not and it's less about Beyonce and it's more about Tony. It's like when you figure out that your best fr- your old best friend, know your new best friend. Because <laughs> anybody who knows okay. me knows I goes hard for Tony Braxton. So I was like, my old best friend, oh my new best friend. This is so dope. So Beyonce, um, Kid Fury. Did you see his costume? Yes, I did. Sexual chocolate <laughs> Randy Watson. Yes. yes, he was one of my favorites. And then there was this little guy. This little kid, he was the cutest little kid ever, Courtney. I have to see this picture. He was a Costco sample worker. He was <laughs> you so You would cute. love that. He was so cute. Oh, my that. gosh. And um, so I'm going to give everybody a 50% tip for dressing up for Halloween and having fun. And then my other tip goes out. Um, I don't know if you've seen the commercial or actually, I guess it's not a commercial, but like, I don't know what to call these things these days. I guess it's like a little... I like a little Instagram infomercial, I guess. But there are kids who are weighing in on the upcoming elections. 
and yes. the babies were talking about like I know we're not supposed to get in y'all business especially grown folks business but this is my business too and um, I want to give those kids just and their parents just an 80% tip because those kids are absolutely right we are advocating for them um, these laws affect them these laws will probably affect them far longer than what they'll affect me in my lifetime and mm-hmm. um, they matter, and they and they and they deserve to have a voice too. All people deserve to have a voice. I don't care how old they are, whether they be two, three, or ninety-two or ninety-three. <clears throat> so, um, just want to give those babies a big tip because that was precious, and their parents see the value in their voices, and I love it. Yes. Thank you for having several tips because. I needed some time to remember um, what mine were. But I do first want to uh, acknowledge some Halloween costumes myself. Monica, I just recently started following Monica. I love Monica. Um, And right, and I love her. And I was like, wait, why am I not following her? But absolutely loved it. She was the Mad Hatter and she did that shit. (laughs) Um, so I really appreciate it. Really loved her um, costume. I am looking for this other one. It was something about these kids too. And now I can't find it. So I'm just going to go ahead and skip that. Um, and head on into my tips. As soon as I find it. Oh, there it is. I want to give a 75% tip to two young ladies that are actually from Cleveland. Oh, oh. Um, I believe their names are, yes, here it is. Their names are Diamond and Mel. Um, and they were highlighted on this page called Buck Out Cleveland mm-hmm. on Instagram. But apparently they started um, the Majorette style of dance while in Cleveland. Um, and they were on, I, Buck Out Cleveland I think is a Majorette team. Mm-hmm. And... So they had this idea that they were going to go to college and continue, you know, that style of dance at college. But, you know, you particularly only see that at HBCUs. Right. Well, they ended up, both of them ended up at Ohio University. And so the majorette style, the majorette team, of course, does not exist or didn't exist (gasps) at Ohio University. So they created one. Yes. Yes, Bobcat. So shout out to... um, those two young ladies, Diamond and Mel, if I find them, I was gonna say, do you Instagram know them on Instagram? Names, we have to find them. Yes, I will find them and tag them in our next post about those who we gave tips to. Um, so yeah, I just thought that was really dope. And there's like this group picture of of everybody on the team down at Ohio University. So I just thought it was really really dope. My cousin tagged me, and I was like, "Yes, oh, queens. send me that, please." Yes, Queens. Uh, I had another one, but now I can't think of it, and I'm scrolling through all my things. Um, Shout out to everybody voting. Yes. Yes. Did you go out yet? Sorry, my throat (laughs) just closed up. No, it's okay. I've been uh, struggling all episode. I have not early voted. I always like to vote on election day. Girl, them lines. Well, my site is always typically really good. Okay. So I never have any, I never really have any issues. I go on my lunch break if I don't go in the morning before work. 
Um, and I like to just go in on election day and vote. Um, but shout out to everybody voting. If you have not voted already, do so. Uh, well, I guess at this point, you all would have voted by now because it comes out the day after. But let's let's hope that some change was made yes. on November 6th. And that's all I got. Wait, so before, and I'm not going to give her a tip, but she got an honorable mention. Do you listen to Ariana Grande? I don't like that. Like, I will listen to her. That's a lie. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm sure I have, but I don't follow her like that. Okay, so I just became an Ariana Grande fan, right? And I'm standing for her. When I tell you, she has a song called God is a Woman, which I'm absolutely obsessed yeah. with. Um, but I don't know where she was and she performed this. But ma'am sung the whole house down. I said, if y'all looking for new new vocal artists to stand for, she's not new, but she's one to get behind. <laughs> this really? girl's a force to be reckoned with. I just sent you um, a clip of it. Honey, she can have my money for a concert ticket any day. I've always known that she could sing, and I actually, by recommendation of uh, one of my friends, I actually tried to listen to the album. And whatever song I listened to did not grab me, so I never went back. Maybe I'll try again. Yeah, she's taking the whole house down. Okay. Shout out to that honorable mention. You go, Ariana. You got a, you got a fan in me. <laughs> you got a fan in me. <laughs> um, all right. Do you have any black Mm-mm. spots this week? Mm-mm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have some when I come back from my trip next weekend. Oh, where are you going now? I am going Kiana to... Kiana, the new secret keeper. I am not go a ahead. secret keeper. I'm going to the mountains for the weekend, the long weekend. Oh, I didn't know about that See? one. Okay, so what's mm-hmm. happening? Yeah. Good. Um, okay, so I just spent a week in Houston. So I'm excited because I'm going to have a couple of restaurants for the next few episodes yes carry us over <laughs> um but i'll start with this one it's a spot called breakfast brunch cafe it's actually in cypress texas mm. um but i went there on one of my days where i just got to do absolutely nothing and it was like a thursday i think and you know i always feel like i gotta try the shrimp and grits always they were the bomb my only issue was it was like this big platter and it was not the center of it. The quote unquote bowl piece of it was not as wide and it really was not that deep. So the portion size was just like not on point, but the taste of it was bomb. Okay. I also had a mango mimosa. Ooh. I would definitely do that again. Just enough, just a little taste of mango, um, mostly champagne. And yes, that's what I needed at two o'clock on a Thursday. Um, so shout out to Br- mm, Breakfast Brunch Cafe in Cypress, Texas. I don't know if they have have other locations. It might be a chain, but it was pretty amazing. Okay. Catch the next few episodes for my other uh, recommendations. I'm saving them because I always struggle. 
I'm looking forward to that. I'm not that because you can be also be my scapegoat over the next few weeks, but um, yes, I just want to hear. You ain't going nowhere. <laughs> yeah, I gotta start. I'm gonna get back out there, y'all. No, I feel you. Sometimes it be like that. So yes, I will. I will carry us through. I appreciate it. Just in case. Just in case. <laughs> <laughs> That is such an inside joke, y'all. I'm so sorry for doing that on air, but man. I will never let that die. <laughs> OMG. <laughs> the best ever. Just, Just in case. case. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We need to wrap up. All right, y'all. Y'all can find us on social media. Go on Instagram. Follow us at bitches double underscore loves brunch. Um you can find us on Facebook, on the Bitches Love Brunch page. Go, go subscribe on iTunes at Bitches Love Brunch. If you are on Spotify, find us on Spotify yes. at Bitches Love Brunch. Um, SoundCloud, also Bitches Love Brunch. Y'all, we appreciate y'all um, so much for rocking with us. This episode has been brought to you by Sound Ears, and we appreciate y'all. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> See y'all. Bye. <laughs>